Welcome to Data's Update for October 16th, 2022. I'm your host, Chris Ologi. And I'm Brandon Perkins. Yeah, only two of us here this week, but we do have plenty of news to talk about here. Uh, oh, we've yeah. got a, a few things happening here this week. Mm. Uh, a couple of mm. uh, dates here, some other stuff coming out here over the next few weeks. Uh, some interesting stuff. Mm. There's a game that is getting shut down about a year after it launched, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. The one you could probably figure out was not going to be long for the world. No. Uh, we got some voice actor controversy going on. Yeah. As uh, the voice actor for a popular series whose next entry is coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Sort of revealed why they aren't a part of it. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, some sort of uh, end of this big Nintendo uh, union busting stuff, at least for the time being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll tell you about uh, Facebook's new fancy VR headset. Yeah. Some of the yep. stuff going on with that, because that's, uh, that's a whole thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, before we get to that, we'll go uh, and talk about what we've been playing here. I'll kick it off here. I've uh, been playing uh, some Costume Quest and Costume Quest 2, as mm-hmm. it is the Halloween season. Mm. Those are probably two of the best games that are actually about Halloween mm. out there. They are, if you haven't played them before, they're kind of turn-based RPGs, uh, very much influenced by like the uh, the Paper Mario series. In terms mm-hmm. of having uh, battle mechanics, generally based on timing, mm-hmm. uh, the sequels more uh, uniform in the way that those work versus uh, the first game, where it's sort of like there's three different battle mechanics uh, that mm-hmm. you can run into, uh, depending on which enemy you, you are, which costume you put on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's. Uh, Fun games. I beat the first one on stream uh, as part of our sort of Halloween streaming stuff. Uh, started Costume Quest 2 yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, liking it so far. Uh, played a little bit of that before, uh, so that wasn't too surprising how it started, but uh, I'm basically at the point where I'm further than I've ever played it, so looking forward to seeing uh, what's next with that. Mm. But yeah, that's uh, those are good games. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, let's see. Next up here, been playing uh, some Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, sort of uh, gotten to the point where uh, you get a late title card. Uh, mm. Mine was about eight hours in as I'd been kind of just wandering around a bit at times when I didn't have anything major going on. Uh, especially mm. trying to figure out some of these uh, leveling mechanics and such because it's not explained super well in this game. Mm. Uh, where you have sort of five main stats that don't really make too much sense for for what they are doing. Uh, Mm. But I had to do a lot of work to uh, figure out, like, okay, the levels for these individual stats uh, sort of dictate the level cap for the abilities they cover, Mm -hmm. uh, essentially. So, like, as you're... There's one that's for crafting, though it's not called crafting. Mm. But uh, every time I pick up some stuff uh, from one of the perks I got, it just auto-dismantles it. So you automatically get crafting XP out of picking up random shit off the ground. Mm. Uh, there's one for like the, the quick hacking, which you use by uh, holding down the L1 button to 
pull up menus on special, you know, machines and such uh, that can give you special abilities out of that stuff and just going around the town and just doing it on all the vending machines to distract enemies. Uh, get mm-hmm. you some quick and easy XP there. Uh, so that was one of my impetuses to just walk everywhere. Uh, I was mm-hmm. doing that. So yeah, that's uh kind of whole thing. I was kind of wondering at certain point, like why am I not getting XP out of this anymore? And it's like, oh, maybe they kept it at some point, but mm-hmm. it was more because I had already hit the level cap from doing it on every machine I could. I've also died at points because I was happened to be near like what I think they call like an assault in progress or just like some little combat thing going on. I did that uh, at a vending machine that happened to be near one and all the enemies then noticed me hanging out uh, a bit away and started shooting me and killed me. And I was like, oh, I guess I probably shouldn't do that Uh, everywhere, at least. But yeah, though I did run into one scenario was like, there was this like standoff situation with like a an advanced level hacker uh, mm-hmm. that was just hanging out in this one area. And I went in and just like shot her a bunch, and she died. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't too difficult, other than she could like cloak herself uh, and sort mm-hmm. of sort of like invisible shield kind of thing. Uh, so that was kind of a a neat little thing. But yeah, since uh, I may get to a bit of enemy encounters end up with a lot of guns and kind of running up against the uh, the equip or the, the inventory limits. They're sort of Skyrim-esque yeah. and not being too big. I don't know if you walk slower if you have um, you, know, you can hold. You walk, you walk just a hair slower and you can't, like, sprint. Okay. Um, but the good thing is, you know, the game's loaded with those kiosks that you can just either you can offload a bunch of gear you don't want for some fast eddies. That is, of course, if you're not, you know, just deconstructing them for parts to craft later. But Yeah, that's usually what I do. Because mm-hmm. uh, I kind of like upgrading the weapons, so I don't really understand too much about whether that's useful or not, or if I'm just... Oh, it is. Like, it is. Yeah, if it's like Diablo, it's like, oh, you'll probably get some better shit later. Uh, it's a bit of both. Um, cause it's, it really has to do with like how you're sort of going to like take all of the side missions. Cause some of the side missions are more difficult than the stuff you would get in the main campaign. Um, yeah. so late, some of the, especially some of those later, uh, sub quests, you're definitely going to want some upgraded, uh, some upgraded inventory to tackle them. Um, uh, especially if it has anything to do with, uh, the uh, either the cyber psychos or the uh, Arakawa people, because uh, they're pretty much the most difficult enemies you'll fight in the game. Yeah. yeah. When I say Arakawa, I meant Arasaka. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the the big tech family you learn about uh, yep. early on. Can you tell that this game's RPG was originally written in the mid '80s? <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot of uh, uh, cyberpunk stuff. Is we got to make sure we have yeah. a lot of, you know, Japanese or whatever Asian country they decide is the yeah. big uh, influence on society. In this uh, game, they have both. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's and uh, I've gotten through the I guess the what I've seen called the prologue, which. 
uh, ends with this whole big shootout sequence or maybe a stealth sequence if you're good at that. I don't know that necessarily this game is great with its stealth. Uh, I don't don't think it's a great stealth game. Yeah, it's honestly the stealth can be very uh, kind of hit and miss. Um, yeah, but it's to be completely to honest, when most of the can time, see you. But uh, I can tell you just from experience, most of the time it doesn't really affect the plot. Just go in yeah. however you want to handle it. And it seems like the the guns are powerful enough that you can kind of just go back onto that if you're trying to be stealthy. And uh, though at this one mission, you're like, oh, you got uh, like silencers and that is uh, something I forgot about until I had to start shooting people mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know that that would have made much difference I don't know because mm. uh, it's it was a bit tough to get hit on like how how much distance can they see which doesn't seem like they have very much distance it's basically all um well keep in mind you're not just dealing with like people in their site too you've also got security cameras um that you can, yeah when that, i see all their little lasers i just turn them off yeah it's which is deal. definitely a good idea because if they if they see you they will alert everyone in the vicinity um but generally when you're trying to hide from people what you're trying to do is to well i mean you've seen it yourself it they have that sort of um, that little meter that shows up that shows like, you know, with the eye on, on it and it increases with, you know, how much attention you get from them. And once it's full, that means they see you and they're going to kill you. But even then, yeah. it can be very hit and miss. And that's not even a clear indicator because there are a lot of uh, enemies you'll find walking around the streets and they have different symbols in that same style. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, is this another visual indicator? Is this just like, this is an enemy with guns. This one is a melee enemy. I don't know. It's weird. I don't think they do a great job with any of that. Uh, Which makes sense, because they never really did stealth much in The Witcher. Nope. Uh, So you can definitely tell it's like, they didn't really do a great job of looking at maybe Metal Gear Solid or a Splinter Cell or a Dishonored for like what to do with stealth stuff uh, for this. They just kind of did it like, uh, it's like other first person shooters that technically have stealth. Uh, maybe it's a little bit better above that, but not, mm-hmm. not anything where I would call this like a stealth game. Uh, despite what they, what they try to tell you about it early on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, kind of dealing with a lot of the, and like trying to figure out like what perks are important or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the guides I've seen is like, I don't, unless you see something that really interests whatever you're interested in doing, like you can be fine just kind of stockpiling them for a bit. Because I guess if you run into conversations where like, oh, you could say this if you had this stat, you can literally just pause and go to the upgrade menus and upgrade that stat to be able to say that thing. Even though I don't know how much that really affects anything with uh, story stuff. So, who knows? This is a game that makes itself seem like it's got a lot of potential variability, but could easily have uh, very little of that. Mm. So, I don't know. Uh, But enjoying it enough to keep going. I'm just at the point where you switch characters. Mm -hmm. And 
kind of guys like, oh, it's going to be a whole thing, so I'm going to pause and save mm. uh, and come back to it later. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at in that. Mm. Uh, but let's see. Other stuff I've been playing. Uh, Shantae and the Pirate's Curse. Uh, yeah. They've got a PS5 version uh, pretty recently in the past couple of weeks, uh, mm. which, unlike a lot of games that get PS5 versions, it actually does a pretty good job of using the DualSense for its rumble mm. and kind of just doing a better variety of rumble based on, like, oh, these are, like, big explosions. It makes it feel like an explosion kind of thing or just when you get hit mm. by an enemy attack or something like that. Uh, does a pretty good job of adding a bit more uh, vibrancy to it and mm. playing this. And I've had a couple of Shantae games in the past, but I haven't had uh, the real great time with it where I actually made good progress and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. So this one's kind of the first one uh, where it sort of Metroid stuff has kind of made more sense uh, to me. And I've kind of gotten into being able to figure out better where to go and what to do and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, though. Uh, and the weird thing they do is they break up all of it. It doesn't have one big map. It has a bunch of different islands you go to, and those are individual maps uh, to go explore and all that. The maps aren't really super great because mm-hmm. you have to put, specifically pause and like swap over to like a map screen for it mm-hmm. uh, to see it. It's not on the screen itself, so uh, you're more or less just trying to uh, figure out places to go and just get quests from people. And then if you can figure that out, where their thing is or find you know where to go for that stuff you know you can do it but you know it's it's pretty decent uh, at what it's doing so yeah I'm gonna mm. keep uh, put some more time into that and uh, the last game I'm playing Scorn uh, but I'll add on to whatever you're talking about since I'm pretty sure you've played more than I have mm-hmm. uh, so yeah go ahead Brandon what have you been playing uh well like you I've also been playing Cyberpunk 2077 um I am much farther than you are. Um, I am. Uh, I am. I've already got, got to this point now where me and Judy are getting ready to go to the cloud, that club that has uh, people who are who work as dolls. Uh, it, it makes sense in the game. Uh, basically, to basically to sort of overthrow the tiger claws that that run it, and basically give the whole, whole thing to the people who actually work there. Um, that's obviously a side quest. I've also done a bunch of the uh, side quests, and I think more or less finished the side quest for Pan Am, um, who is the uh, uh, fellow nomad that you end up running into. Um, her and her clan, the Aldicados, uh, who uh, you're you're basically helping them do some jobs. There's like some inter, uh, I say inter. There's some intra clan sort of discord going on uh, because Panem has problem with the clan chieftain Saul who is a little too um, plays it a little too safe for a lot of them for her at least for her because um, they're wanting to sign up get sign up and do jobs for the corporations and she's like that's not going to do well it's going to end up destroying the clan all this stuff it's uh basically you end up doing it and basically running against the jobs against Militech. Um, and uh, Militech, 
does not play around. They are like next uh, Arasaka. They're basically the other major corporation that is like uh, basically for all intents and purposes, its own nation state um, with its own army and security and stuff like that. But uh, we're also doing um, stuff furthering the stuff with uh, the chip in the head uh, with Takamura, who's the guy who's sort of helping you deal with all that stuff. Um, And there's fixing to be like this big parade that's going to be in uh, the honor of several Arasaka, the guy who founded Arasaka. Well, he didn't found Arasaka Corp. He took it over and made it the big corporation it is now. But um, there's going to be some stuff involved with that. Overall, um, though, obviously the game is still a lot of fun and far better. It's in far better shape than it was when the game originally came out. Um, so I'm playing that, and of course, uh, like you, I'm also playing Scorn, um, and I haven't gotten very far in it uh, because I'll be completely honest. They have—I mean, even from the beginning, they really kind of had trouble on how to promote this game, how to explain like what type of game it is, because a lot of uh, the gameplay you saw, especially in like the trailers, involved like first-person stuff and first-person shooter stuff. There is first-person combat, but it's not a first-person shooter. It is, more than anything else, a first-person puzzle game. Um, and uh, the whole game is, you know, they put it out. It's like, yeah, this game is, like, based on the work of, you know, H.R. Gear and Babinski. And it, it, it really is. I mean, that, that the whole thing, you're walking around in this place, and it's like, yeah, uh, this is definitely Giger up the ass. Um, and the game is just, it is very uncomfortable sometimes. Like, the, which I understand the game is kind of like an art game and that's kind of what it's going for. Um, I will say though, the puzzles are, unless you're paying attention because like literally the very first thing you basically have to do in this game, like any of any significance is to solve this mechanical puzzle. And it does. Doesn't re- the get the puzzles are very kind of esoteric um, because you know because the mechanics of these mechanisms are so alien and so there is a lot of experimentation and trial and error and stuff like that. Um, I did manage to solve the first one, um, but it was not diff- not easy and. One of the other things they don't really tell you is that with some of these puzzles, there's actually more than one way to solve them. Um, and, and yeah, um, I'm still going to keep playing it, but I, I you know, it's it, I'm still really not sure what to think of it just yet, honestly. But yeah, that's what I've been playing. Yeah. Uh, how many achievements do you have in that? Because I think that's a way of telling how many. How much progress you're making? I think I got one or two. Yeah, I think I had I had two. I was streaming it, and as about as much I could stand to this game, I got to two <laughs> achievements. Yeah, uh, it is relentlessly dark and dreary. Like it's yeah, it's uh, it's a very disgusting game in every yeah. single way. 
And that's not like a negative. That's just the art style it's going for. Uh, yeah. Literally, the the menu screen you see is of a person uh, of some sort of like alien nature uh, mm-hmm. being uh, like stuck to the ground with like weird, I don't know, like tendrils or something. Yeah. Uh, and they just like slowly pick themselves out of it. Yeah. Uh, or kind of wrestle themselves out of it. That's, mm. uh, I was like, Oh, this, Oh, this is a little much. I didn't need any yeah. of this. Uh, but then you kind of go around and figure out like, okay, there's stuff I can kind of interact with. And you're mm. trying to basically first puzzles, just figuring out how to get through a door. Yeah. Uh, but then you get to like this bigger puzzle that I'm like, all right, I'll go look at these different things, and they're all nasty in their own way. Of like, mm-hmm. put your hand in this squishy thing, and then you can control this weird machinery. Yeah, that is also partly living in some way. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But I eventually just like wandered around the entire place, like casing the joint. Mm-hmm. And at no point did any of these things do anything that lets me like progress. I already figured out like there's this cart that's probably a thing that goes around on this track and like yeah. the, the branching point is like, you can take this thing you're going for down mm-hmm. two different ways to do essentially the same thing uh, yeah. to it. It's just two different ways of doing it. Yeah. And uh, you eventually wandered my way up, up in the elevator uh-huh. to which like I went all the way around. So like, well, might as well check around. Mm-hmm. There's really not much else you can do up there, but this like one main console to which your first like actual puzzle is this sliding puzzle essentially. Yeah. Which was the most fun I had with this in the like 90 minutes I played. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, a slide puzzle. This is at least somewhat normal. Uh, yeah. It took me a while to figure out like, Oh, you got to move these lit up things over to yeah. this other part. Cause they're eggs basically. Yeah. Um, and, and the only one like, is, two of them- yeah, like only two of them are because basically what you're doing is you're using like this claw mechanism to move move these things around. Um, and uh, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get the the there's two eggs there that are I guess you could use the term viable, but that's not really a good term to use. It's more like they are. They're just lit up so they stand out. Yeah, they're they're the and what you have to do is you have to move to this area that's like lit up with a light bulb. And once you get it there, you go to this other mechanism that has this other claw mechanism that comes in, and it basically breaks the egg and takes out whatever is inside of it. Um, and yeah, it's it's a whole thing. Um, and you find out like, oh, what's in this is like a weird humanoid body that's been like shoved into this like yeah. shell. Yeah. Uh, and so you figure out how to get it down and into this cart. And then the first mm. thing you do is you take it to this other station. It does something to it, I guess. Yeah. It's also nasty. And then you yeah. decide what fate to uh, submit this, this being that you don't even know what's yeah. going on other than it hates whatever you're doing to it. Yeah, uh, there is like you. one of them. One of them like instantly kills it, and the, the other like actually 
I guess, freeze it from whatever it is there, and it sort of follows you around. Um, um, but, uh, um, yeah, it's it, like I said, the puzzles in this game, some of them can be solved in more than one way, and none of them is, are particularly pleasant. Um, yeah, I got but, uh, the arm. Uh, yeah, me too. I did the And the annoying thing. thing was, like, then I went to the, the obvious place where you're supposed to go, and then your guy just, like, shoves in the thing it doesn't work and like well what the fuck does this mean mm. and like oh there's there's this tiny little machine that you see in a hallway in the area that you can easily miss so i was like looking up mm. guys like what the hell am i missing it's like oh this little tiny thing that then puts uh, a spider-man uh web slinger on it uh, yeah. like what you have though it doesn't doesn't shoot out webs it just shoots out like a a little spear thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's what you need. Yeah. And yeah, it's what's up. I was going to say data revs with us now. Okay. Well, we'll let him talk here after we get done with scorn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we got that done. I'll let you get to the next mm. area, which then gives you a gun. Once you figure it out, though, it's not really a gun. Yeah. It's kind of like just a gun, like key. Mm hmm. That was very disturbing once because I was like, every time you pause, you see the control scheme mm-hmm. and it shows like, oh, there's like four weapons you're going to get that you map to the D-pad to swap between. Yeah. Like, I don't want to run into any creatures I have to shoot. That's not what I want uh, out yeah. of this. But you're kind of setting up this other puzzle. That isn't too hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you have to. Uh, but then like when you're doing it, the these weird like creatures come out uh, or they mm-hmm. maybe like creatures and I could kill them all with this thing, except for like two of them that fly way further away than you. Uh, but mm-hmm. when you go sort of finish this puzzle, shit goes haywire. You get covered in some goo and then that yep. transports you to a new place. Yep. I'm like, Oh, that's, that's enough of this. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Cause like, I didn't want to explore another place. Yeah. That's about as much as I've played, and I don't know that I'll go back to it. I've had enough of that. Yeah, I will tell you, it is the type of game you kind of have to be in a, in a particular headspace to play, um, because, yeah. like, uh, we're we're honestly we're kind of underselling it here, but this game is relentlessly uncomfortable. It's you know, its visuals are already pretty grotesque. All of it is either brown or gunmetal. <laughs> like, you know, there is no, no other color. Um, and basically like that bitten aliens where you got the, the pods all over the place. The first uh, one, yeah. Aliens. Uh, alien and Which, aliens. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the sequel that we're like, oh, this there's these pods. Oh, that's great. That's yeah, exactly where you want to be. Yeah. I've uh, never seen that the, one. Yeah. It's it's about humans having hubris about uh, things they should have no hubris. It's the James it's the, it's the James Cameron one, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I haven't Where seen like, that. Hey, one. what I if? What if yeah, because the original is about these. I've seen the original. <laughs> yeah, these space miners, essentially, uh, space truckers, I guess, that are on a job, and then the xenomorph uh, gets. Uh, onto their ship and starts just killing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And the second one's like, hey, what if the military gets to do this? Yeah. You know, with help of the one person who's ever survived a fight against yeah. them. And they have incredible amount of humor. It's like, oh, this is no problem. It's like, all right, good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, definitely worth watching. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of a lot of the, the vibes of this game is like, oh yeah, there's there's a lot of shit all over the place. I don't know that I actually want to continue with this. That's, mm. uh, I already don't like horror games and this yeah. one's definitely pushing further towards, you know, combat and all that. And that seems like the big thing yeah. that's, uh, is a killer for people mm-hmm. of how much they actually want um, combat in this sort of game versus just a creepy, disgusting puzzle game. Yeah. Uh, as far as I've heard, there aren't really like any jump scares or anything. It's just, it's just relentlessly uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, uh, that's yeah. Uh, that's all you have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dana, how about you? What have you been playing? What's up? Sorry, guys. Uh, had some traffic because it's Oktoberfest here in uh, yeah. California. Anyway, so yeah, uh, got back from London, finished uh, Trails from Zero on the plane, as I said I would. And um, yep. so, Brandon, like you were playing the game on PS4. So, uh, yeah. Question for you. Um, you know how the game has internal achievements? Were those the same as the trophies? Yep. Okay, just making sure. So when you're playing on Switch, you don't have that same kind of mentality just because, you know, you don't have the trophy system. So, like, you know, why should I bother with the, with the internal achievements? Um, but anyway, <clears throat> the, the main reason why you should bother is because uh, you have what's called the, uh, the, the BP, uh, which is like, you know, sort of points on how you finish a few of the side quests uh, in the game, and they go ahead and tabulate, and they give you a better rank. And the reason why they're important in the game in general is it gives you these points for either your new game plus or for uh-huh. the menu. So the yeah. menus give you access to like certain cutscenes and whatnot, and I noticed that one of the um, events they give you is the, the play that happens uh, in Crossbell for the Arkansas. Um, yeah. So... Uh, I haven't gotten so I, I've definitely bought that menu. Uh, I didn't watch it yet because my switch my switch uh, just died just as I got to that point. But I'm looking forward to watching that, even though mm-hmm. it, it looked kind of awkward in gameplay because it was just um, you know Arisha um, and uh, the other girl just jumping around in, in pirouettes doing things in 2D. So I don't know how interesting it'll be, but I, I look forward to doing that. But um, yeah. So <clears throat> the the last dungeon was. Uh, Definitely what you expect as far as as far as a trails game, and mm. I am appreciative over the fact that um, the game didn't end in a cliffhanger. Even though, if you've played the cross the the um, Cold Steel games, you know that ha- you know what happened in Crossbell at the at the end of that game. That kind of like just made things go disarray and just led yeah. to like <laughs> the uh, tragedy that we have now. So I'm I'm interested yeah. in seeing how that goes, uh, how that happens now. But yeah, definitely a. Uh, Fun game, uh, shorter than most Trails games, but there isn't uh, any missed minutes here. So if you actually take time to, you know, smell the roses with whatever you want to do in gameplay or side quests, it's it's definitely fantastic. And um, yeah, I don't see myself replaying it, but I definitely am looking forward to uh, Trails to Hazard when that gets here. Uh, hopefully it'll be sooner. Um, I've also gotten a chance to get back into Live Alive. Um, I am on the Twilight of Edo Japan chapter. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, I am lost in that dungeon. I am just running mm-hmm. around not knowing where I'm going. The FAQs don't seem to help me. So uh, I don't know. I might have to just backtrack and start over because I have no idea what I'm doing in it. Um, 
I also started a little bit of a triangle strategy because I was just so frustrated with where I was in Live Alive, but I don't really have much to say there other than the fact that, uh, you know what, I think out of all the uh, HD 2D games, triangle strategy might look the best, uh, just from what I'm seeing so far. And uh, I've, I've already hopped back onto the console action. I've been playing a little bit of NBA 2K23 here and there. I don't have much to say about that that I've already said before. And I've started A Plague's Tale Innocence. Um, I didn't really expect that to be a third-person action game. I thought it would be more of a walking simulator. And um, no, there's a lot more action than I, than I thought there'd be. And the PS5 version actually looks better than I thought it would look as well. So I'm, I'm playing yeah. this, looking to... Uh, Looking to jump into Requiem when that comes next week. And, um, you know, so far, so good. Don't have much to say yet, just because I haven't really uh, delved into the final gameplay yet. But, yeah, so far, I'm just uh, looking forward to what's coming. Because from here on out, it's going to be a nice rush once we get to the Game of the Year proceedings. And, you know, we have God of War in a few weeks, and we got to get ready for that, too. So, yeah, just getting ready. All yeah. right. So, yeah, let's get to some news here. Uh, we yeah. have uh, finally gotten the PlayStation Plus game catalog. Lineup mm. for uh, extra and premium members, mm. and they have a lot here uh, for uh, the extra tier of games being added here. Mm. Uh, we've got Grand Theft Auto Vice City, the definitive edition, yeah, uh, for PS4 and PS5. Uh, been updated a good bit, so it's pretty solid now mm-hmm. uh, for this version. Uh, so uh, a game that's I think is one of the one of the favorites of the series for people. Yeah. Uh, because it sort of took a lot of what GTA three did right mm-hmm. and fleshed it out a bit and put it in a more attractive city in uh, times. Uh, yeah. That in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they also added a bunch of dragon quest games or the dragon quest games that are available on a PlayStation. Uh, this is dragon quest 11 S echoes of an elusive age, definitive edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can check that out. I think there are both of the Dragon Quest Builders games on mm-hmm. here, uh, as well as both of the Dragon Quest Heroes games, which are the Muso mm-hmm. likes uh, for that. Uh, the Builders are very much like, hey, what if uh, there was a Dragon Quest Minecraft game that mm-hmm. um, had you know Dragon Quest story to it, uh, along with the building? Uh, so you get some of that, and I think the... The first game especially is like based on that alternate ending for uh, Dragon Quest, where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you can join the dragon or you can, you know, defeat the dragon. Mm-hmm. I think it's based on uh, what if you joined the dragon uh, mm-hmm. to become whatever, Dragon Lord or something. I don't know. But yeah, let's say uh, those are all pretty solid games there, uh, mm-hmm. as well as uh, Ubisoft gets in the mix with more Assassin's Creed. Somehow we still haven't gotten to all of them yet. Uh, but they have Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, let's see the other ones here. Assassin's Creed Chronicles China, mm-hmm. India, and Russia. Let's see. And uh, yeah, there's Assassin's Creed Syndicate. I think those last three have uh, some bugginess on the PS5, so they are limiting it to just PS4 users. Those yeah. games instead of Ubisoft actually fixing the games. Uh, I don't know why they can't just yeah. do that. It sounds like something that Ubisoft would do. Yeah, and then there's Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered, mm-hmm. which is good of a version of that game as you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, I played that 
around when it came out for the PS4, and I actually got to Boston, and which was the furthest I've ever gotten in that game. I never got out of the boat when I tried to play it previously, because mm. that is just a, an absurdly long intro sequence mm-hmm. uh, before you can get to like the actual game in there. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. What else they got here? There is Inside, which is a great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, puzzle platformer uh, thing there about uh, a potential kind of like end of the world sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, there's the Medium for the PS5. Uh, that is mm-hmm. a Bloober Team horror game that was in mm-hmm. the Xbox exclusive for a good year. Oh, I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's one made only for the new consoles, so that might be yeah. worth checking out. Yeah. Uh, there's Naruto to Boruto, Shinobi Striker. That is mm-hmm. a 4v4 multiplayer uh, combat game uh, featuring mm. a cast of characters from Naruto and Boruto. Yeah. You can mix and match and do all that kind of stuff, so... Mm. Uh, there you go. Let me see if there's any others here. Then Yeah, the last one here is Hohokam. Uh, mm. Which is a cool little game, indie game from uh, I forget what studio that was. I think it's the the same team that did, uh, yeah, Honey Slug, Richard Hogg, who's done mm. a bunch of other games in that kind of style. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, a bunch of stuff there. That's just for uh, the extra and premium people. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, a lot of stuff they're checking out for premium only. Uh, they have the yeah Yakuza three, four, and five remastered mm-hmm. uh, for the PS4, uh, so you can continue that saga in uh, the Yakuza series. Uh, let's mm. see what else is there. Uh, they have Limbo for the PS4. Again, much like the again side, Limbo is a uh, an acclaimed puzzle platformer, really fun and very kind of unsettling in a lot of ways uh, with the mm. way it's designed early on. Uh, that one's worth checking out if you haven't done so. Mm. Uh, they also have Ultra Street Fighter 4 for the PS4. Uh, so mm. you can get a an ultimate version of that game if you haven't played it. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, I think, most if not all the DLC, they might have sold extra stuff yeah. for that game, uh, but I'm not sure. Uh, let's see, for the PS3 stuff, streaming stuff, they got Castlevania Lords of Shadow and mm. Everyday Shooter. Uh, Castlevania Lords of Shadows, a revival of the Castlevania games. Yeah. That uh, pretty much takes a lot of influence from like God of War and Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. Uh, to that. The first one is actually really good. The uh, sequel, however, uh, not really. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I think that one has, is that Patrick Stewart that's in it? Mm-hmm. I think so. Uh, yeah, he's in it. Yeah. So they, they paid out for a big name. Mm-hmm. It has uh, a really cool like twist ending, uh, post-credits kind of ending there mm-hmm. uh, that sets up the sequel. So, And uh, Everyday Shooter is a great little uh, indie rhythm dual-stick shooter. Mm-hmm. A uh, game made by uh, Jessica Mack, who uh, basically a lot of the soundtrack is just kind of uh, guitar kind of music. 
mm-hmm. to it that is uh, a very fun game. Like the the way that you play it and unlock extras and all that kind of stuff is yeah really fun and unique. It's a shame that there's not like a an upgraded version of that game. I kind of wish that was the case because that game deserves uh, a remaster of sorts that lets it be uh, uh, a showcase for you know that mm. kind of game. So yeah, yeah. There you go. A lot of stuff uh, for this month. No PS One or PSP games uh, this month, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But for everything else, there's a lot to like here and a lot of stuff people should check out. Mm. Yep, there's definitely a lot of stuff there for everyone, at least if they have the service. I'm, I've never actually heard of some of these Assassin's Creed uh, 2D games, so that's definitely something to do. Yeah, those are ones they released as like XBLA uh, kind of and PSN kind of games. Mm-hmm. As like, hey, what if we do some in places we'll never get to? And then they're steadily moving towards that. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's some good stuff there. Let's see. As for more good stuff, or maybe the ultimate troll from Konami, uh, they are having a Silent Hill transmission live stream this week mm-hmm. on October nineteenth. Yeah, at five p.m. Eastern time, two p.m. Pacific. Mm. As they say, they will let's see. Yeah, they tweet out in your restless dreams. Do you see that town? The latest updates for the Silent Hill series will be revealed during the Silent Hill transmission on Wednesday, October 19th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, might be the long rumored announcement of Silent Hill games. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Or maybe they'll reveal the next line of merchandise they have, like has been a common part of their mm-hmm. uh, last couple of trolling announcements. Like, hey, we got... S- you know, skateboards now. Silent Hill skateboards. That's what you guys want, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. There you go. Silent Hill stream. Might be good news. Might be bad news. I don't know. Mm. Uh, let's see. Next up here. Also coming out this week on the 20th. I believe mm-hmm. it'll be Thursday. Phantom Abyss is coming to the Xbox Series X and S as a game preview title. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll also be on Game Pass as well. Uh, that is the Devolver Digital published uh, asynchronous uh, first-person kind of temple running uh, game. We're trying to make it through the temple, uh, collecting the treasure at the end, and getting out after the phantom of the temple sort of appears and chases you down. Uh, that kind of thing. Uh, game is really mm-hmm. good. Definitely worth checking out for people who haven't done so on PC. Uh, I'm not sure if this is just Console, Game Pass, uh, maybe both, console and PC. Mm. Uh, but definitely worth uh, keeping an eye on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there you go for that. Yeah. Uh, then we got some dates here in November. Uh, November 2nd is when the second and final expansion for Ollie Ollie World happens, called Finding yeah. the Flow Zone, uh, which is mm. set in like Sky Island type of environments. Uh, so you get to, as I say, you're uh, gliding grind above the clouds as you ride the winds to the lost gate Cropolis in the sky, Radlantis. Uh, journey through the five flow zone layer regions from the cotton candy clouds of Cirrus through the 
uh, Lucid Midnight Woods of Cumulus on your quest to the Lost City and Oli Oli World's final expansion. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you get a few new characters you get to meet and more stuff to unlock. So yeah, more good stuff there uh, for that great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, happening November 10th, Zeboid Games' new RPG, uh, the makers of Cosmic Star Heroine and uh, a bunch of other uh, JRPGs. Uh, they announced a Shakespearean magical girl RPG called This mm. Way Madness Lies. Uh, mm. It's coming to PC on November 10th. It'll be 10 bucks. Uh, seems like a good, uh, good weird mixture is kind of what, if you follow either of the two main dudes that works on these games, they talk about a lot about just want to do weird smaller RPGs. It'll be like four or five hours to beat. Uh, kind of thing, and this is one they've been talking about for a little while. It's like a magical girl RPG, which you know what that is. That is like Sailor Moon kind of style mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, um, they're couching it in uh, some Shakespearean uh, storytelling kind of thing. Though one of the key features is Shakespearean dialogue too difficult to parse. No problem with our unique yield English to New English translator. One hundred ten percent accurate. Mm. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that seems like a neat little game there to get uh, here next month. So mm-hmm. there's something else to keep an eye on. And last up, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales is finally coming to PC. Uh, it'll be out November 18th. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's uh, another another great Spider-Man game uh, for people to check out. Featuring Miles Morales as uh, Peter Parker is out of town for a bit. And Miles gets to deal with his own bit of chaos that is going on. And uh, yeah, definitely another game worth checking out. So there you go. That's it for new games coming out here. Not quite sure how long it's been since uh, Spider-Man Remastered made it to PC. Um, But it does make me wonder why they waited so long to put Miles Morales out there. But when you think about it, if you've played the game, it's a holiday game. So, you know, I guess it makes sense. But yeah, it's definitely a great game on PC for those people who couldn't get a PS5 or didn't want to get it on PS4 to check out. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, there you go. And uh, we got one more date here. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, The First Soldier, the weird Battle Royale game that Square Enix released last year on mobile phones, is shutting down mm. here on January 11th, 2023. Uh, been out barely a year, I think, at this point. That's... Uh, yeah, launched November 17th, 2021. So about 14 months. Uh, yeah, support for non-English languages for the global version will end on October 31st. Mm-hmm. After this time, text will only be displayed in English for the global version of the game. Mm. Uh, Shinner credits have been removed from the in-game shop as of today, but remaining Shinner credits can be used until service ends. And it seems like it just did not find an audience, which is not really a surprise for... You know, Final Fantasy Battle Royale game. Mm. Especially one based around a lot of shooting. Which is not a thing that happens a lot in Final Fantasy games. With a, with a Battle Royale game, like, you know, you have a highly competitive aspect that makes you want to be better than everybody else. But when you try to mix it with Final Fantasy VII, and knowing that most of Soldier dies, it's like, why, why would you want to do it? So 
Unfortunately, this is something that, you know, a lot of us definitely saw written on the wall as soon as the game got announced. And it makes you wonder why Square went ahead and just approved it. I don't know. It's just hard to think that this is anything but a money grab. I mean, uh, they didn't even have, like, much of a roadmap when the game did go into uh, worldwide release. So it's just, it, it just makes you wonder, like, why even try? What were they even doing? If they didn't want to put the resources there to make an evergreen title, why even do it? I don't know. It's just tough. And um, yeah, it, not only does it show that it's hard to get into the mobile industry, it just shows that, you know, you really have to know your audience here. And I don't even know what Square Enix is trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Square Enix's uh, strategy for mobile is to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Mm. A lot of it doesn't, but those that do, do pretty well for them. And I'm guessing they're not exactly investing a ton of money that makes that a bad strategy for them on mobile. Mm. Uh, so yeah, the ones that probably do really well make up for the for the the failures, but they're definitely uh, having a good bit of failure there on mobile. Uh, so yeah, there you go. If you have access to that game, you can still play it for a couple more months, but that's about as uh, much as you'll get out of it. I'm surprised that never got like a PC version on like Steam or something. Mm-hmm. It seems like a would have been a good place to maybe get a second life for that game, but it seems like it didn't even get far enough where that was a viable strategy for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we got uh, one more thing here, a delay. Uh, Star mm-hmm. Trek Resurgence has been pushed from uh, a 2022 release into uh, what they're saying is April 2023. No dates mm-hmm. specifically, but a month for that. That is uh, a game being made by Dramatic Labs that is uh, very much a narrative adventure game in the vein of like a lot of Telltale's games. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially because the studio consists of a lot of those former employees. Uh, this, uh, see, the story unfolds shortly after the events of Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. As players control two original characters, an officer and a commander, to solve a mystery aboard the USS Resolute. Mm-hmm. So you got a lot of the narrative branching and all that stuff. A little bit of combat and some puzzle solving to that. But yeah, that'll be out on PC, PlayStation, and Xbox next year. As I mm. said, they just need the extra time to give it the final coat of polish uh, to make it as good as possible. So hopefully that works out for them. Mm. But uh, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, next story here, Square Enix Montreal. Uh, after being acquired by the Embracer Group, they couldn't exactly keep that name. Uh, So they have announced a new name as they rebranded into Onoma. O-N-O-M-A. The weird-looking logo. Bunch of weird, differently colored shapes, so that's a little weird, but uh, yeah, that's uh, their name, I guess. Yep. So best of luck to them for going with uh I don't know if there's any like actual explanation for that. It doesn't seem like it. Mm-hmm. No, they, they do have a blog post explaining all the marketing ma- reasons for the the name. So it'll be called Studio Onoma. Mm. Yeah, I don't have time for reading this whole thing. There's yeah. A of, there's a lot of like weird charts and marketing mumbo jumbo. Mm-hmm. They got like is listed here for how this works. Like, okay. Okay, good luck with that. 
but something else here that's not a huge surprise. G4 TV is shutting down about a year after it launched. Uh, yeah. Is not really a huge surprise. They've been having layoffs of late. Mm-hmm. Uh, having a bunch of people. And I saw what Xavier Woods uh, got off his flights uh, to find out. Oh, he's been laid off, essentially, uh, from G4 TV. Uh, so, yeah, they it's not really a huge surprise. And it doesn't seem like it really took off for the sort of huge productions they were putting in for this for this uh this new network here of streaming mm. content. Uh so it's not really a huge surprise that some of it seemed like it had a lot of uh uh high costs associated to it, especially for some of the, the bigger names they had on there. Uh that didn't do so well. So yeah, Comcast has shut that down. And uh, yeah, that is uh, sad news for the people that were working there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hopefully they at least get some good experience there for finding future jobs or streaming on their own, whatever works yeah. for them. But yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. a tough pill to follow. I mean, like, you know, G4 is iconic in the industry for a multitude of reasons. And um, the revival, as. Uh, short-lived as it was, was definitely something that the industry did look forward to, especially with the people that they had involved. Uh, Xavier Woods, especially, right? He's definitely one of the hardest people that I've seen work in the industry. Like, you know, the guy's a WWE superstar. He has the uh, New Day podcast. He has the Up, Up, Down, Down uh, content creation that he does for WWE. He has his own, you know, his, his streaming. Then he has G4. Like, have I have the utmost respect for that guy. That I've, I've met him a few years ago working uh, at Glue and... Um, yeah, it's it, it's tough to see. At the same time, you know, it's not exactly a surprise just because you know this kind of content just doesn't lend itself well to TV anymore, especially considering how ad revenue works in 2022 as opposed to the way it did in 2009. Um, but yeah, all of these people though, um, they really all should land on their feet. They have followings of their very own. They're all very successful streamers are in, the, in their own right, and I'm I'm sure they'll do fine. Um, but at the end of the day, like, you know, as much as we all wanted G4 to succeed, there really wasn't really much of a plan to really make that happen. I never watched it on TV, so I don't even know what kind of programming they had when actual exclusive content was off the air. But yeah, it's it's tough to see, but I'm sure it'll work out for like those involved. But as for those, you know, looking for a job, uh, hope it all goes well. It's tough, especially on a Sunday, right? When you know you really aren't supposed to work, and you find out you're gonna—you don't have work the next day because you just got laid off. It sucks. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's get to another shitty story uh, about mm-hmm. Bayonetta three, uh, particularly yeah. voice actress Helena Tel- uh, Taylor, who was the voice yeah. actor for the other Bayonetta games of the mm-hmm. main character, who revealed sort of why she wasn't working on this game. Uh, putting out a couple of video tweets uh, saying, you know, uh, that she was only offered, let's see, uh, you know, in a series of videos, she goes on to say that Platinum apparently only offered her $4,000 for the entirety of the performance, mm-hmm. which seems like from the most recent trailers is that they might have some sort of multiverse of Bayonetta's showing up of sorts. Mm-hmm. So may have been, Asked at that time to potentially voice multiple characters for just four thousand uh, dollars, 
uh, especially mm. the main character of the game. That seems a little uh, low for the amount of work yeah. that would be done there. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen some of the voice actors talking about pay for them, uh, especially one uh, Sean Chiplock who voices Rivali and a couple other characters in Breath of the Wild. Talking mm-hmm. about getting paid, I think about two to three thousand dollars for those roles, yeah. which were not big roles, but uh, being a non-main character in that stuff, but also talking about uh, doing voice work for I think it's Freedom Planet, mm-hmm. and essentially getting paid mm-hmm. more there because he also got offered. Uh, residuals for the mm-hmm. sales of the game and that is ultimately paid more and it's like yeah it seems like voice actors don't get much if you're the sort of voice actor that gets a lot of consistent work the individual pay may not be a big deal I think yeah. for yeah. Taylor here she is uh, voice acting is not her main source of income mm-hmm. so she doesn't do it to you know she, I don't think she's expecting to get like $100,000 out of this yeah, um, she's probably expecting a better offer out of this, so she ended up passing mm-hmm. on it, considering it's insulting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and essentially, in I think the second video, I forget which video it was in, uh, saying like, "Hey, if you uh, were really hoping to see her in the game, uh, mm-hmm. probably a good idea to boycott the game. Show them, you know what." Uh, how disappointed you are in that uh, decision as they went with Jennifer Hale. Ultimately, who's probably getting probably got a better offer as a result because mm-hmm. she's an established voice actor, can probably do the better better job with uh, multiple characters mm-hmm. in that. Though I don't know how different those voices are with each character, but yeah. we'll see. Uh, but yeah, it seems like all around just shitty handling of. Uh, hiring for voice actor talent for a game that, uh, you know, is all about that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of cheesy voice acting, a lot of uh, over-the-top stuff, and mm-hmm. band is an important part of that. Yeah. And it seems like I've seen that the the Japanese version, they haven't changed voice actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, though I think the, the Japanese voice actor industry is a lot more mature than here. Yeah, as you know, anime voice actors can get cushy gigs mm-hmm. uh, that keep them uh, available for uh, you know potentially playing the same role for decades. I've mm-hmm. seen like Dragon Ball and uh, the Detective Conan anime and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's uh, mm-hmm. a whole thing there. Yeah, it's definitely a weird story. I mean, you mentioned um, anime voice gigs. And like, even though you've seen people like hold the same character and role for a number of years, it's actually been something that um, the industry, in particular Crunchyroll and Funimation, uh, have been struggling with, with for a number of years just because of like, you know, the lack of uh, uh, unions and things of that sort and the unwillingness to work with them. And that's really painted these um, anime... Um, streaming services in a negative light. Um, at the same time, you know, looking at Helena Taylor's situation, yeah, $4,000 definitely is not a whole lot of money in the grand scheme of things. Um, but then again, looking, looking at Bayonetta in a more granular level, um, unfortunately, I can't say much because I haven't beaten one, but those games aren't particularly story-driven where I think, like, you know, um, 
even though Helena, Helena Taylor um, was the voice of Bayonetta for the first two, mm-hmm. I don't know if she's really like an iconic part of the series. And then especially moving on to Jennifer Hale, who is um, well-known in the industry, very talented in her own right. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know how much voice actors are supposed to make looking at Bayonetta and, you know, just, you know, sitting here, most of what she says are one line quips. Uh, not a lot of the game has been story driven for the past, like how many years I may be wrong. Correct me if I, correct me if I am, but yeah, it's tough there. And then, you know, she calls out, uh, Kamiya and stuff like that, who also recently deleted his Twitter account, uh, I think this morning even. So you wonder, like, who's in the wrong there? And then uh, on her last video, she actually calls out Jennifer Hale and says that she doesn't deserve the role of Bayonetta and things like that. And I'm like, you guys are supposed to stick together. You can't be calling her out for whatever. And like, yeah, I'm going to assume that they went ahead and paid Jennifer more. But at the end of the day, like, you can't be calling out your fellow actors and actors like that, like they betrayed you. Because one, do they even know who you are? And two, Jennifer Hale is not a nobody. So... Uh, it's 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 tough to say there. Like I want to say that there's more in between the lines here and more going on backstage. Uh, but at the end of the day, like yeah, um, she does have a legit reason to go ahead and try to get players to boycott Nintendo and platinum games over this ordeal. Um, and like I've seen people like, oh, you know, the game developers don't deserve that. But at the same time, they they're people who were already paid. You know, they have salaries, they have hourly wages. You pay any of these folks four thousand dollars, and that's you know definitely not going to be enough so it's it's definitely complicated i want to know more but at the same time i feel for her and you know i hate to side with the the production companies here but we we don't know the whole story here so it's weird yeah and hideki kamiya was kind of the a weird log on the fire of this whole situation as he tweeted here sad and deplorable about the attitude of untruth that's what all i can tell now by the way, and then the rest of this is in all caps, beware of my rules. Which, for those that don't know, Hideki Kamiya is just a a weird, aggressive blocker on Twitter. And that's become like a a, a badge of honor for fans of you know his work in the past. To just go mm-hmm. and just be weird in his comments uh, to block him. But this real tweet, and obviously he's not an English speaker, uh, fluently or anything, but the weird way he wrote this uh, just seemed to be antagonistic to people. and He got ratioed as a result to the point that it seems like his account has been deleted or at least deactivated. I don't know. No, it still seems to be alive now, though. It says he has one follower and he's following nobody. I don't know. Uh, his Ooh. tweets still seem to be up, but a lot of stuff here in Japanese, so I don't know. Uh, what's like he just tweeted one minute ago? What's this say? Mm. Uh, something about deleting things. I don't know. I think people repeatedly delete and reactivate their accounts for some time, but after actually doing it, I feel like I understand a little more. It's a sense of liberation, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, then the one he just posted a minute ago after all, the official client doesn't leave a notification that it's being deleted, so yeah. I don't know. I think he got annoyed at people actually like not taking his shit. Mm. He usually dishes out on Twitter. Uh, though him uh, just wanted to kind of get out of the the angry eye of the internet. Mm. As we all know, the goal of the internet is to not be the main character for the day. Yeah. 
uh, be the person that the internet focuses all of their uh, rage on. Mm. And so, yeah, that's a whole thing. Uh, definitely not the sort of person that should be chiming in in any way, uh, especially the way that he tends to tweet. So, mm. yeah, kind of a whole weird thing. Disappointing that, you know, they couldn't come to some sort of agreement to keep her on as Bayonetta. Mm. And maybe find Jennifer Hale another role. Maybe as the other Bayonetta's. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, kind of a messed situation, but just kind of shows that, like, yeah, there should probably should be a video game actors union. Mm-hmm. Like, they're part of SAG AFTRA. Uh, and they have their own rate sheets as a result of that kind of stuff. But, yeah. You know, that's not always. Uh, Going to get you fair offers for the work that you're doing here. Uh, it just offers a sort of baseline for companies to work on. Mm-hmm. But Nintendo has shown that they are willing to go out of union if they want to. Yep. Uh, and try to underpay people as much as they can. Mm-hmm. That's what big corporations like is to not give as much money mm-hmm. as they can to contractors and such. Mm. And speaking of that, uh, Nintendo settled their lawsuit with a tester that had seemingly been uh, fired for supposedly talking about union stuff mm-hmm. on the job, uh, which definitely not a great thing to do, especially for a place like Nintendo that has had their own issues uh, oh, in this yeah. field of over the years, especially in Nintendo of America. Uh, but yeah, this person was a tester, a contracted tester with Ashton Aston Carter, a hiring agency that Nintendo often uses for its testing center staff and other departments at its Redmond, Washington, uh, North American headquarters. Uh, but yeah, they settled for about $26,000 as mm. Kotaku here had uh, obtained a copy of this agreement through... Mm the National Labor Relations Board website as a result of Freedom of Information Act request. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Nintendo will also have to post the following notice outside the main entrance to the product testing department mm. where their games are tested before release. And it's like, yeah, the let's see. The National Labor Relations Act gives you the right to uh, form, join, or assist a union. Choose a representative mm-hmm. to bargain with us on your behalf. And all this other stuff here, and as well as Aston Carter uh, being mentioned here as well. All things mm-hmm. they will or won't do in relation to potential union busting stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nintendo seemed in this whole thing claimed that the reason she was fired was tweeting uh, out of context about a build. Let's see, in today's build, someone somewhere must have deleted every other texture in the game. BC, everything is now red, just like pure red. It's very silly. Mm. And they claim that that is the reason she was fired. Mm. Uh, Which is like, I guess that's a reason, but it's like there's no context there. Other Mm -hmm. than maybe knowing it's that that person works at Nintendo or testing games for Nintendo. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, oh, everything's red. You can't Mm. get like, you know, get anything off of that. Uh, So, yeah, that's uh, 
an end to that mm-hmm. uh, whole series of issues involving, you know, Nintendo potentially union busting, which is not a great look for them. Oh, yeah. As we've seen, testers around the industry are starting to look into that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. As Activision Blizzard has two that have been formed. Uh, one at Raven and one at, I forget where the other studio in Activision is. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's like two tester groups forming unions within Activision Blizzard. Yeah. As well as others around the industry. So hopefully that becomes more of a thing as testers get, mm. you know, a fair uh, seat at the table instead of just being treated, you know, like uh, retail employees get treated during the holiday season. Yeah. And yeah, I've I've been there. It is, it, it's it's very dehumanizing. And uh, yeah, wouldn't worst wish it on my worst enemy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's see here. We go to our final story. Here, it's about Facebook. They want to be called uh, Meta, uh, but we're not going to give them that. It's Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they announced their new. Uh, MetaQuest Pro, a fifteen hundred dollar mm-hmm. VR headset that I guess can also do mixed reality. It has a nice look to it. Uh, mm-hmm. I would expect if you're paying fifteen hundred dollars for it, mm-hmm. almost as much as a graphics card will cost. Yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah, that's uh, uh, this is supposedly more for like professional, like office work kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Where you would be able to use this headset, like instead of having a monitor that is like, you know, twenty-four inches or whatever. Like, what if one was much bigger and more, more stuff you could hold on it, uh, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And yeah, that's, I guess that's a market potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, there are going to be people that are going to buy this because it is, I believe, all. Has all the guts in it, so you don't necessarily have to hook it up to a computer if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. I don't think offices are going to move to getting these things instead of normal computers and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the in the whole announcements uh, talked about having a partnership with Microsoft to bring productivity software like Microsoft Windows 365. I think they dropped the Office name from that whole service, uh, but that gets you. You know, subscription uh, basis with Word, PowerPoint, Excel, and uh, whatever else is in that whole thing. Uh, And Microsoft Teams as well uh, to use in uh, its software, desktop software, Mm -hmm. to create like a new virtual office, I guess. Mm. Uh, I believe there's also potential for like Xbox Game Pass streaming also being a thing you can do in the headset, Mm -hmm. which is like, uh, makes me wonder, like, how they're gonna uh, in in like an office sort of setting, like how you prevent people from doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe having a a window to play, you know, some Power Simulator while you're uh, talking to people on you know Teams or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I never use that service, so I don't know mm-hmm. how much it works. But yeah, it'll work with all the game stuff in there. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's heavier than the MetaQuest 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, interior sensors also have eye tracking and expression tracking to simulate more expressive avatars. Which, if you've seen their like avatar stuff they're doing for their metaverse thing, mm-hmm. uh, 
they made a big deal of like, oh, we're going to have legs now for your avatar. So they're not just, uh, you know, torso and up uh, sort of creepy uh, connect avatar looking things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I think people dug into that and found out like, oh, the ones they showed were uh, made through uh, performance capture. Yeah. So what they were showing off was an actual demo of what that stuff will look like because legs are hard to do and this kind of stuff, especially if you're not putting you know sensors on your legs so that you can accurately track like what your your feet and your knees are positioned at in comparison to your body. Yeah, I mean, just look at any uh, footage from you know uh, PlayStation VR, <laughs> and you'll yeah. get a good example of just how hard it is to do that. Yeah, most VR tends to not try to do anything tracking-wise with your legs. Because mm-hmm. uh, who knows what what you're doing there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it seems like this will be out October 25th. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that'll be a weird whole thing mm-hmm. to see. And sort of to bolster their VR offerings, they announced a new round of acquisitions. Mm-hmm. Uh, acquiring Armature Studio. Who had made, let me see. Yeah, they did the VR version of Resident Evil 4 as well as uh, Where the Heart Leads, another VR game that released fairly recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Camouflage, that is Ryan Payton's studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, formerly worked on Metal Gear Solid 4. Uh, worked on Republic as their like main game. Uh, but they also worked on Iron Man, Marvel's Iron Man VR for PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And it seems like uh, Sony made a deal with them uh, so that that game will be releasing on MetaQuest 2 here in the near future, I think. Mm-hmm. I presume that means they'll have some sort of deal where they get some uh, MetaQuest-exclusive VR games in return uh, as a result. Uh, and the third studio they purchased is Twisted Pixel, the studio that got acquired by Microsoft uh 11 years ago, October 2011, mm-hmm. didn't seem to really do much for them. I think mm-hmm. they made that that launch title for the Xbox One that didn't do super well. Uh, I forget that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not even mentioned here. Uh, but then they sort of went independent again uh, back in 2015. Uh, but mm-hmm. They've made VR stuff since then. Uh, Wilson's Heart is one of their big games there for that. They haven't really made too much since they left Microsoft. Which is a shame because they made a lot of good stuff there for a while with the Maw Explosion Man, Comic Jumper, Miss mm-hmm. Explosion Man, and they made that Kinect game, the Gun Stringer. Uh, that was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Meta swooping in to acquire three studios mm-hmm. of some notes in this industry. Unfortunately, keeping them from working on anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a shame, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's the the MetaQuest slash Facebook news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, that's pretty much unfortunate, but that's Facebook. They got an unending uh, uh, well of money to spend on this stuff mm-hmm. uh, to come away with uh, not too much out of it. Mm. Uh, so yeah, there you go. That is uh, gonna do it for the news for this week and the show. So thank you all for tuning in and thank Always. you to Brandon Danner for joining this week. 
Uh, we'll be back. Yeah, we'll be back next week with a new slate of news and some new mm-hmm. stuff to talk about as the holiday yep. season continues on. Yeah. On uh, an unending march of misery. God help us and, all. Uh, and we'll see uh, everybody next week. And we'll see you all next time. Have a good one.